Hi, Doodle lovers. This is Adina, and welcome to the Doodle Kisses podcast. This is just a little extra episode between our normal episodes to tell you about what I hinted at on our Facebook page. As you noticed, no music, no editing in this one, just trying to get it done on the fly because I've got some happy news. As several of you guessed, we have decided on getting a puppy. <laughs> So you might be wondering, why am I getting a dog right now? Well, I have been wanting one since last year. I would have gotten one last year if I could have gotten agreement on it. Um, and then I had really hoped to get one about now, <laughs> this year. But after talking you know, in our family about it, we decided there were some bigger projects we wanted to take care of first. And, you know, given this because of coronavirus and everything else, these other projects may or may not get done after all. So because of that being um, a change of plans and because Boca is about 10 years old, we don't really have a, a birth date on her since she's a rescue, but we kind of picked April 19 as her uh, unofficial birthday. So that's when she turns 10 this year. And she's, so she's a senior but she still has enough spunk left, I think, to manage a puppy. She mostly lays around, but when she's outside, she wants to play. I think that if we were to adopt a fully grown, energetic dog, it would just be a little too much for her. And that was kind of proved by our foster Bernie Doodle last year. He was sweet, he wasn't aggressive, he was a darling dog, but he was just, way too bouncy and played way too hard for her. But I think if we start with a puppy, she can kind of train it and put it in its place and kind of settle their dynamics earlier on so that as puppy gets bigger, Boko won't have to like hide, <laughs> hopefully. Um, and then, you know, I thought if we waited a year or two or three or four, um, it, you know, by that time, a puppy in the house just might be too hard for Boca, and I didn't want to ever be without a dog or between dogs. So here we are. Toward the end of last year, I posted my criteria for a breeder and I asked for suggestions from Doodle Kisses members and other breeders and friends. Um, and I scoured the internet as well. Um, let me see if I can find had those somewhere and now I can't find them but while I'm talking <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can't find them again so I had all these criteria that I was looking for um, in a breeder of a Labradoodle and I kind of pretty much had settled on a Labradoodle probably Australian Labradoodle because there really aren't that many breeders of early generation Labradoodles around anymore I'm looking through my email to see if I can find what I had written. I had pulled it up a little while ago. Hmm. And I'm not editing this. Bit of a problem. Hmm. Anyway, okay, I'm not going to be able to read it word for word. 
But anyway, I had several criteria that I was looking at for the breeder. I wanted a breeder that was in the Pacific Northwest, so I didn't have to fly anywhere. I'm four hours away from any decent airport. And to think about driving four hours and then flying six plus hours and then staying somewhere overnight and then picking up puppy and flying with the puppy six plus hours and then another four hour drive home, it just felt a little overwhelming. So I wanted someone nearby. I wanted large, a large standard size breeder. I wanted dark, a dark color, not cream, um, not party. I wanted a breeder that did certain health testing. And so in addition to all the normal DNA tests that are recommended for Labradoodles and Australian Labradoodles, I wanted certain HIP scores. I wanted OFA final scores of good or better. And I wanted, if there were not OFA finals, if there was just preliminary scores, then I wanted um, for there to be pen hip scores of 0.4 or better. I think I had written 0.3, but that's pretty difficult to find. So I wanted 0.4 or better. Um, let's see, and of course the regular DNA testing. Uh, parents, I wanted the parent dogs to be of a sound temperament to be the kind that would make good therapy dogs, not super hyper, not scared or spooky. I wanted, I would have loved to have parent dogs that had some kind of CGC or other title on them, but that's pretty hard to find in the world of Labradoodles. I wanted to buy a puppy on a spay-neuter contract rather than a puppy that was already spayed or neutered. It was really important for me that I let my dog have all their normal hormones till he turns a year, and I wanted to be able to choose a male puppy. I'm trying to think of what else. There was some other thing maybe. Um, anyway, so I've got lots of suggestions from people who love their breeders, uh, but time and time again, I found that there's always something missing. Either the breeder was way on the East Coast or they didn't have the size that I wanted. I think that was pretty common for breeders to not have large sizes, but maybe meet the other criteria. Or maybe they had, you know, hip scores, but they only had preliminary hip scores and the pen hips weren't very great, in my opinion, for what I wanted. Or maybe they had a lot of that, but they happened to be breeders who had kennels and didn't raise the puppies in the home. That, that was another thing that was important to me, proper socialization and being raised in a home environment. Um, or maybe they were breeders who had just multiple litters on the ground at all times. And I really want wanted a breeder that isn't breeding three litters every month because that is just not something I wanted. I wanted a little more TLC to each litter and for to be assured that this breeder is not merely a business, but it is actually in the world of breeding for the sake of the love of the breed. And I think it's hard to do a great job. I'm not a breeder. And so I'm not trying to judge breeders, but this is what I wanted. And I feel like it's hard to do a great job and keep track of health of all the offspring and et cetera, et cetera, when someone has three, four, five, six litters overlapping all the time. So anyway, that was what I was looking for. And what happened is I couldn't find anybody. And I was really bummed about that because I really, really wanted a Labradoodle. And when I didn't find anybody that fit all the boxes, you know, several breeders were close, but none of them fit all the boxes. After a lot of thinking, I decided to switch my goal from looking for a Labradoodle to looking for a standard poodle. 
And suddenly, <laughs> it was a lot easier to find breeders who met my criteria, but because some of the best pure breed breeders don't have a lot of litters, it was hard to find someone that had a litter coming up at the time that I wanted. <laughs> In any case, I was talking to someone else from Doodle Kisses who was looking for Labradoodles and kind of veering towards standard poodles as well. And so we were talking about some of the breeders we we're looking at and this person ended up putting a deposit on the litter and I would email her back now and then to check up on things and what she thought of the breeder. And eventually I started writing to that breeder and I liked what she had to say. And I liked what I heard about the parent dogs. And so this week I put a deposit down on a litter that's coming this summer. I'm hoping for a brown male puppy. And I had been thinking loosely about standard poodles for a while. I know some standard poodle people. And I mean, realistically, if you love doodles, you can't hate standard poodles because most likely a big part of your dog's personality comes from the standard poodle. There's not really a true doodle characteristic that magically appears when you put a poodle together with another dog. And I recognize that Australian Labradoodles have other things in the mix and um, it's not quite a 50-50 type of mix. So I'm hoping for a brown male puppy but now comes a little bit of an anticlimactic part <laughs> and that is I got in on this litter quite late. So if the litter isn't very big I might not get a puppy or if they're all females or if you know the one brown male or whatever is just not the right temperament because I really want uh, a bomb-proof dog. I want a dog that really likes people, that's confident without being domineering, that isn't spooky or shy, that would make a good therapy dog. And those are all really important characteristics because I have a family and I have kids and I want a dog that would be easygoing with a family and really interested in people, not aloof. So those are all pieces of the puzzle that are going to have to magically fall together in order for me to get a puppy this summer. There is another litter that this breeder is having shortly after, um, which may or may not fit the bill. So, you know, I'm keeping my mind open to that one as well. And if all of that lines up, maybe I'll have a puppy late summer. So I don't know for sure. <laughs> so yay, I'm getting a puppy and maybe, maybe I'm getting a puppy. I am feeling nervous for all of the normal reasons someone would be when they're thinking about getting a puppy, like the nipping, the potty accidents, the being up at night, the, you know, constant need for supervision and having to get our house ready because we don't have a very puppy proof house at the moment. Boca is an easy senior dog who doesn't get into much. But also because, and maybe this is a weird reason, because I write and speak out so much about the importance of finding a reputable breeder, there's this piece of me that would feel honestly less nervous about getting a rescue because I'm expecting nothing from the rescue in the sense of I'm not expecting it. I'm expecting it to come from unknown health for it possibly to be bred poorly, right? Like I'm not surprised if a rescue develops hip dysplasia or some other kind of disease. But there are a couple common conditions, maybe common is too strong a word, but there's a couple conditions that run in, three conditions that may hap happen to a standard poodle. And some, you may have heard that, you know, if you have standard poodles long enough, 
you're going to get one of these popping up. Um, so Addison's disease, sebaceous adenitis, and bloat. Those are three things that are more likely in poodles than, say, a Labrador or, a, you know, a few other breeds. And you can't really test for them. You can look at the pedigrees and the thing is I know nothing about pedigrees. You can show me a poodle pedigree and the only thing I can tell you is, oh, look, there's a champion or no champion, but that's about it. Thankfully, I have a friend who knows standard poodles really well and she helped me look at the pedigrees of the parent dogs that I'm considering and was able to give me the thumbs up, you know, that these, these are a good combo, decent health, you know, I was able to consider the flaws in the pedigree and um, as well as the pros in the pedigree. And that's really cool. I think how, you know, most people don't have access to someone who can help them look at a pedigree. I don't know how I would do this <laughs> on my own. And, you know, realistically, there's no dog out there with zero health risk, even well-bred ones. Yes, we try to choose breeders and litters with the deck stacked toward health, but dogs are living creatures. And somehow, you know, because I put so much thought and energy and talking into this idea, I'm nervous that somehow, you know, something will still go wrong. But I'm also a worrywart and an overthinker. So I can't think of any big decision I've made that I've made totally with ease, right? I've probably overthought everything. Anyway, because a puppy is not a sure thing from this letter, I'm trying to think flexibly and be okay with how it turns out. If it's not meant to be or not meant to be this year, I want to accept that. Um, but I can still keep my fingers and toes crossed and pray and hope and wish in the meantime. And I'm also totally open, if this doesn't work out, um, to a rescue. That is still, you know, if it's a young enough dog, I'm open to a rescue. If that right dog comes along, I'm totally okay with that. So if you have thoughts or questions to share, you know where to reach me and tune in next week for a full episode of the Doodle Kisses podcast. And I think next week is going to be an interview with a behaviorist on fearful dogs. So see you next time.